Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham, with us from the Weekly Standard. Six weeks on the road covering the presidential race is the somewhat smelly Steve Hayes. Steve, thanks so much for fitting us in before you pass out. We appreciate it. That's, that's great to give people that, that sense of me. <laughs> well, hey, you're out there doing the hard work covering it, which is why when people have questions like, who has the momentum right now after Tuesday night? Uh, where uh, Donald Trump picked up more delegates than anyone else, but not that many more. He had yet another underperforming delegate moment, got fewer than half the delegates, even though he won three of the four states. Uh, Where do you think the race is now? You know, I I think there has been, well, first let's talk about the the, uh, perception of where the race is, and then we can talk about where the race actually is. I, I think there's been a pretty significant change in the perception of the race since the weekend. Remember, after the weekend, Cruz had a pretty good weekend. Uh, there, there was some tightening in the delegate count. And I think the sense was this is, looks like, feels like a two-man race, uh, you know, with, with the understanding that Kasich in Ohio and Rubio in Florida were still out there. But it started to feel more like a two-man race. Cruz seems to have some momentum. And the question going into yesterday was whether that would continue and, and where Cruz would win. And I think if you just survey the, the morning shows today and, and read the newspapers and check the media, there now seems to be a different story. And, and the new narrative, much as I hate to use that word, <laughs> seems seems to be much more sort of can Donald Trump be stopped at all? Right. And I don't think there was enough of a real shift in in delegate counts to justify that that new narrative. Um, but it certainly is the one that seems to be taking hold. I think in, in part because the margin of victory for Trump in Mississippi was uh, pretty solid. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the fact that he won Michigan um, and then, and then pulling out Hawaii, which I don't think many people assumed he would. Um, I think the fact that he got three States sort of aids that, that narrative. And that's why we're seeing what we're seeing today. So you buy the idea that it was a no good, very bad night for the never Trump people. Uh, so then I'll ask you, Steve Hayes, can anybody stop Donald Trump? Yeah, sure. I think he can still be stopped. I think, you know, he, he's a clear front runner. Um, you'd want to be Donald Trump more than you'd want to be anybody else. And if anybody's going to get to 1,237 delegates before the convention, it'll be Donald Trump. I think Cruz, Cruz's path is far too narrow. And I think there's a, a sense inside Cruz world that, that really the goal isn't to get to 1,237 delegates. It's to get to the convention with more delegates than Donald Trump or any of the other candidates. That's sort of their shifting goal. I think the Kasich goal now is to win Ohio and really to win Ohio with an eye toward becoming potentially a kingmaker. Um, you know, if he wins Ohio, he gets some delegates. He goes on to the additional states in the, the Midwest and the Northeast that are perhaps friendlier to his uh, voter profile and can continue to accumulate some delegates. And, and those are delegates that may come in handy someday. And I think Rubio's candidacy is, I think Charles Krauthammer last night said, is on, on life support. That's basically a, a fair description of it, and I think you know he has to win Florida, or he's, or he's done. And there's been some talk that he would be done even before Florida. But as of now, I think the Rubio campaign is is planning to push through Florida, and it's certainly their sense that they're not as far behind as some of the public polling that we've seen would suggest. 
but he does seem to be behind in, in the polling. And I just want to add this caveat because we saw it again Tuesday night where no poll showed Bernie Sanders winning Michigan. The aggregate of the polls was 21% lead yeah. for Hillary, and she lost. So I just want to put that in front of us. Polling is broken right now. It is just simply not yeah. as reliable as it was five years ago. That's just a fact. It's you know, you know, my, I'm one of those people, Steve, my whole life I've said, if you're debating the polls, you're losing. But we've entered a new era. But having said that, I mean Rubio, from the outside, doesn't seem to have either the numbers or the spark. I don't. I, you know, if I were in Florida, I would be seriously thinking. You know, maybe we should give this thing to Cruz and and give Cruz ninety nine uh, electro uh, uh, delegates so we can stop Trump. Yeah, I mean, I think it's inconceivable that Cruz could win in Florida at this point. Um, I think if you were a Florida voter and you wanted to support. Cruz, you would maybe be doing so in order to send a message to say, hey, we sort of the Republican primary electorate is settling on our non-Trump candidate and it's Ted Cruz, not Marco Rubio. That would be the, the rationale for voting for for Cruz in Florida. But I think if you're if you're part of this never Trump brigade or if, you, if it's important to you that Donald Trump not get it. The Republican nomination, the obvious vote in Florida, I think, is a vote for Rubio because he's the only one who has any chance, however slight, to, of defeating Trump in Florida. And, you know, there have been about 700,000 early votes cast already. Um, there are some polls that suggest, the Monmouth poll suggests that those early votes as of three, four days ago broke for Rubio 48 percent to 23 percent over Trump. I find that a little bit hard to believe. I think that's uh, Rubio probably doesn't have that advantage. In fact, I'd be surprised if he has an early vote advantage at all, given the intensity of of, of the Trump support. But it's possible, and and if that's the case, then you understand why Rubio world thinks that they need to push through Florida. I mean, he's got you know they've got polling that shows it a lot tighter than mm. the public polling does. So I think that's their rationale. Well, you know what Ted Cruz had today was an endorsement from Carly Fiorina, and obviously if Carly doesn't have a lot of votes, you know, to bring. It's not like she's a powerhouse, but it is a uh, a marker, a, a sign that you know people that the you know kind of white collar Republicans uh, getting on board with uh, Ted Cruz. I thought it was a very hopeful sign for the Cruz campaign. Yeah, I think if you're the Cruz campaign, you're thrilled with that endorsement. It does suggest at at a time when I think you know the the to go back to the, that word, the, the broader narrative uh, points more to, towards a two-man race. Uh, having Carly Fury to step in on behalf of Ted Cruz gave a terrific speech um, comparing Donald Trump and, and Hillary Clinton. Having her support at, at this time, particularly after some of the things that she said about Cruz back when they were rivals, um, that's definitely helpful. It gets him a media pop. Um, it gets him somebody else potentially to, to send out on the road as a surrogate who's known, who was a former candidate. Um, and it gets him somebody who's good at making arguments. That's she right. Does, she does a good job. And I think uh, she could be a pretty valuable um, asset for him going forward if, if, uh, if they use her a lot. The best line of the entire presidential campaign thus far is that Hillary Clinton and D Donald Trump are the two sides of the crony capitalism coin. Uh, he buys politicians, and she's a politician who sells herself. 
And so the, I mean, it was, it was so. It, I mean, it really summarized the 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 case for if you want change, this is completely the wrong way to go. But you know, some people immediately saw Carly and thought, ah, running mate. But the real buzz, as you know, Steve, is this crazy cockamamie idea that Rubio is going to endorse Cruz before Tuesday, and Cruz is going to announce this is my running mate, and they're going to plow into Florida and Ohio with extra momentum by teaming up. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is this is an idea that's been sort of circulating uh, in on conservative blogs and websites now for for several days. And and there's, you know, th- there would be if Rubio were inclined to get out before Florida, there would be a certain logic to it. You can imagine uh, that they complement one another in a certain respect. I mean, Cruz has obviously done well in these first contests with very conservative voters and evangelicals. Rubio has done well. Um, with somewhat conservative voters, moderate voters, and non-evangelicals. He's also done reasonably well with some evangelicals, depending on the state. So <laughs> between them, they have basically all of the, the key Republican demographics covered, at least as far as uh, they're laid out in the exit polls. And you know, they would certainly provide a, a contrast to Donald Trump in that, A, they're conservative, uh, unlike Trump. B, they're young, unlike Trump. C, they have ideas, unlike Trump. Um, and, you know, they're a much more likable pair, in my view, uh, than Trump. They also would have these sort of anti-establishment um, feeling covered with Cruz, certainly. I mean, although lately you've been hearing from Trump supporters that Cruz is now part of the establishment, <laughs> which is tells you exactly how. Wow. How if the establishment will let Cruz the in. The term establishment is, yeah. yeah. I, I happen to know that. So ten- there's a certain logic to it, and I don't think, I, I, think, it's, I think it's a less crazy notion than than maybe some people thought when it was when it was first floated. Wait, wait 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 two things number one is uh, ted cruz has already said that he would never join an establishment that would have him for a member i think that's important to note and second <laughs> did you just say that it's not totally crazy that the rubio endorse cruz vp plan go forward no i mean i, I think it's it's not you know, out of the question that something like that would happen in the sense that if you look at, at this election overall, virtually everything that's happened has been unprecedented, right? I mean, okay. so, you know, that it feels like a, a, a plot that, that, you know, people might have come up with as they sat around drinking beers, um, sort of wallowing in, in their, their never Trump um, anguish. And, and there is a certain logic to it. And, Look, as of now, as of when we're recording this, uh, Rubio's staying in. He's fighting for Florida, and his team thinks that he has a chance of winning Florida, and there's no indication yet that he's going to get out. Um, if they were to reevaluate, the, the unity ticket thing, I think, is something that at least has conservatives sort of buzzing um, as, as people try to figure out a path forward. Steve Hayes, thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. We appreciate your time. Thanks, Michael. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.